Ah, welcome to Preach, Care, Preach. Listen to the show. Who don't listen to the show? Download, steal all that counts. Uh, here with Rashad, man. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, my brother. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just uh, going to get the cliche out of the way. Uh, new Year, new me. Uh, <laughs> heading in 2019. Uh, you know, try. I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to make this show better. We're gonna, we're gonna progress it, and and we're gonna improve it every week I can. And uh, try, no, try to get this on the show. That's my, that's my own personal. New Year's resolution. Do you have any New Year's resolution for yourself? Yeah, 2019, man. We're going to speak it into existence, man. Making the show bigger and better. Like you said, more listeners, more subscribers, more downloads, all of that good stuff. Uh, personally, for myself, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but uh, something I probably would do on a personal note is just kind of, you know, stop spending so much on like just unnecessary stuff. I kind of let 2018 get the best of me with just splurging on shoes, Adidas, all that kind of stuff, man. <laughs> All right, let's talk about New Year's, New Year's resolution from a from a, a sports view, and what we want to see in 2019, what we want to happen, um, and we kind we kind of compi- compiled a list together uh, collectively. Um, and our first one, we we want a New Year's resolution. We want the Giants to fix their quarterback situation. Eli Manning is unsure if he's going to return in 2019. Uh, Pat Shermer said he uh, that. No, they haven't had any plans about drafting a quarterback. They haven't said nothing about that yet. Um, and like I said, Eli Manning has a return. He hasn't said if he's going to retire or not. Um, but we have, you know, we have alluded to some things about, you know, in the, our previous uh, sermons of young man's game of how, you know, sometimes I think just Eli, they just need to go ahead and uh, push him out the door. Do that do that Green Bay Packers approach and, and push him out. Uh, they, they can't do that, though, because they don't have that A-Rod sitting on the bench waiting. They haven't drafted that guy. They didn't have a, not even a Jimmy G type guy sitting on the bench. When they did have the chance to kind of push Eli out the door, they didn't. They started <laughs> They started Geno Smith for whatever reason. And Coach lost his job because of it. I mean, he, he had the foresight to know the team needed to kind of start moving on from Eli. And we've all seen that. I mean, he put up decent stats, but of course, you're playing in every game. You're going to get decent stats, but they're not winning. So at some point, you have to say, forget the media, forget the whole Manning's being the first family of football. We have to move on from Eli. He can't play forever. Uh, our second, our second uh, New Year's resolution is college football. We do not want to see an expansion of playoffs. Me, me, and you. I know we are really strong about this this 18 playoff thing. Is really ridiculous. Um, it's going to water down the, the the playoffs, only to get the same result. Uh, we're just wasting everybody's time. And I see, I, you know, I've seen different different um, scenarios. Like the first round of playoffs, uh, the eight seed goes to the one, seven goes to the two, uh, in, in their homes, you know, in their home, and then they go to the the actual bowl games in the, the final four stage, and. You know me. I'm looking at predictions and who's eight seed, who's number eighteen this year um, in the standings. Was it Washington? Yeah, I think it would have probably been like Florida, LSU, Washington, Florida. somebody like that. So, so they, they, that's talk- not that's not a good matchup. I mean, they were going. They, 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 they still yeah. they got creamed by Alabama. Exactly. So now you're wasting Alabama's time by going through another game and and really, I guess you're just really hoping is what you're hoping that maybe Alabama's lose, you know, get hurt because that's the only way that. Alabama or maybe a Clemson team would lose in the first round, beating the 
beating the drum that's that's wrong because it's like why would we expand this when we can't even get the first final the final four games right when we see Notre Dame get blown out and Oklahoma start the game off down twenty eight zero. Yeah, the, the final poll is right here. It's Alabama one, Clemson two. What well, the final rankings are? Bama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three. Oklahoma was the four. They got in over Georgia at five. Ohio State was six. Michigan was seven, and UCF was eight. So, do we really think Central Florida would go to Alabama and win the game? No, I mean they couldn't. It's, they couldn't even beat LSU. Who I think LSU was the second best team in the SEC. Georgia fanboys, please feel free to cry about that. But I think LSU was the second best team in the SEC, and we see what UCF did with them. And we know Alabama is tier one. They, they are the kings. So right. I don't think UCF would have stood a chance. And they even missing their starting quarterback. So they definitely wouldn't have stood a chance against Alabama. Right. Who said number seven was? Number seven was uh, Michigan. And I, as Michigan got blown up by Florida, you're not telling me they're going to go, they're going to rock into, into Death Valley and put up a good fight. Man, Clemson probably would have smoked them too. So. We really just not want. We don't want to see that kind of change until they get the the first four right because we already talked about it before. But most champion, most of these playoffs, they be, as always the best team winning the championship that year. You really don't see no flukes. It really, it really is the best team. Whether they the Alabama last year being the four, who we know was the best team in college football last year, um, and years before that, Clemson and Alabama, they're they were number one in the two seeds. That that's chalk mostly wins the playoffs in college football. And for them to expand it or even consider expanding is really ludicrous. Yeah, expanding is probably the worst idea they have because, for one, it's going to dilute the playoff. It'll dilute conference championships. It'll dilute the entire regular season because you'll just be putting people in based upon, oh, uh, they played this team close or they beat this team. So it'll just be too much. I think right now with the four teams, it's very cut and dry of, who should be in, who shouldn't be in. And I did research on it. I mean, we, me and you both, we love football. We love college. We love NFL. And like we said, the championship basically is chalk. So I'm going to go through this real quick, and it's going to prove that there's no need to expand. It's all chalk. The first playoff, and we're going to give credit to the AP poll because, you know, most seasons start off with the AP poll. The first playoff, Florida State started number one in the rankings. Bama was two. Oregon was three. Oklahoma was four. Ohio State was five. The teams that made the playoff in the very first one was Bama, Oregon, Florida State, and Ohio State. That's four of the top five that start the season, the preseason, in the top five. And then the uh, the second playoff, the preseason started off with Ohio State one, TCU two, Bama three, Baylor four, Michigan State five. Clemson started at 12, and Oklahoma started at 19. And the final four for the playoff was Clemson, Bama, Michigan State, Oklahoma. So that was still pretty close because TCU and Baylor from the Big 12 were ranked pretty high, but ultimately Oklahoma beat both of them and ended up getting in. And Michigan State was already up there, and Clemson, they kind of did their thing that year and made the championship. Third playoff, the preseason was Bama 1, Clemson 2, Oklahoma 3, Florida State 4, Ohio State was 6, and I put Stanford at 8 because they were they were the eighth-ranked team in the preseason, and Washington was 14. I only put Stanford in because that shows how high at least one Pac-12 team was ranked, which Washington did make it at the fourth spot. I mean, they lost. They got creamed by Bama, but they did make it. 
And the third playoff, Ohio State made it. That's probably the one year that the committee did get it wrong because Ohio State didn't even win the Big Ten championship that year. Penn State was the Big Ten champion. And they had a tiebreaker over Ohio State, but I guess they didn't want to put a two-loss team in. And that would have been groundbreaking in itself back then because you would have put in your first two-loss team, which would have gave credence to Georgia this year of, well, you already let another two-loss team in. Why you can't let us in? But mm-hmm. I think that the third playoff was probably the first one that the committee got slightly wrong because Ohio State didn't win the Big Ten championship, and they did lose to Penn State head-to-head. So Penn State probably should have got in, but they had two losses, and they probably thought the whole Ohio State's really better thing and let them in. But that was stupid because Clemson creamed them 31-0. <laughs> so, and, like I said, yeah, they they have once you they once you can perfect the four playoff team, then then and only then should you even consider about expanding. Until then, no. Yeah, there's no need to expand until you can actually get the four teams right. And I see this year, I think the four teams was correct. Um, last year, it was pretty close too because it started off the year: Bama one, Ohio State two, Florida State three, Clemson five, Georgia started at fifteen. And Oklahoma started off at seven, and you know, four of those, Bama, Clemson, usually Oklahoma didn't make it. So last year and this year, I think they're they're kind of starting to get the four teams right because this year, college football really boiled down to five games. I don't think people realize that there there were really five games this year that decided the playoff. LSU beating Georgia, Bama beating Georgia, Oklahoma losing to Texas early in a close game, and then Oklahoma getting their revenge against Texas for the Big 12 championship, that played a part, and Ohio State losing to Purdue is the fifth game. So basically, Georgia really shouldn't have gotten in anyway because hypothetically, if Purdue doesn't beat Ohio State, that's four undefeated teams then, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. So Georgia would still be on the outside looking in. If Oklahoma doesn't lose to Texas the first time, <laughs> Georgia's still on the outside looking in because there's still four undefeated teams. So, you know, if even if they don't lose to LSU, if one of those other teams were undefeated, they still would have been out of it. So, you know, if they don't want to look at it that way, I'm not sure what they're seeing because if one other thing goes the opposite way for like one of those five games hypothetically, they wouldn't be in anyway because it would have been – undefeated teams, then you're not going to put in a, a close loss team to Alabama over undefeated team, pretty much. All right, let's move on to our next uh, New Year's resolution. And that's, for me, it's personally because it's, it's for sports teams to to stop handicapping themselves. And what I mean by that is stop putting yourself in a situation that you know you can't get out, get out of, and then two or three years down the line, you realize, oh, I made a mistake. Um, <laughs> uh, a, a big example come to mind immediately is uh, Jacksonville Jaguars re-signing Blake Borders when you had the opportunity to move on from him completely without any, you know, any penalty and get somebody else, draft somebody else, anything. You had a chance to go get Lamar Jackson. You had the chance to go sign Teddy Bridgewater. You had a chance to trade for a quarterback, but you chose not to. You chose to sign Blake Borders, And now here we are a year later, just a year out there signing, not even a year, maybe what, nine months from signing that contract. Now we're talking about oh, Jag- Jackson Jaguars want to want to Blake Borders. Not even cut him; they benched him during the season. Benched him during the season, and you <laughs> they try- already and- benched the guy. 
And so now you're handicapping yourselves, and, and now you're wasting talent. You're wasting your defense who took a step back this year because defenses, it's hard to ca- – you got to capitalize when, when they're on fire. You see with Minnesota last year. You see in Jacksonville last year. They should they you have to win the Super Bowl when you can because the defense it will take a step back, and that's just because one you have health on your side for that year. The next season you don't, or you get you get a harder schedule. It's always something that makes it different, and teams should stop handicapping themselves, especially when you know you iffy iffy about a person. Right, go right into our last New Year resolution, and that's the Wizards to blow it up because that's another team that handicapped themselves by signing. John Wall to this massive contract, Bradley Beal to this massive contract, Otto Porter to a massive contract, and even the backup center in Mahimi. Why is he making $16 million a season? Like yeah, that, that, that team what, is ridiculous, man. Not, not, now you can't even trade because who, who wants a point guard in John Wall who can't shoot? The, your best asset is Bradley Beal because he's a shooter three and D wing. Nobody wants to take Otto Porter's contract. And Mahimi, why do I want him? He's a, he's a backup center in this, in this league. And I don't understand why teams handicap themselves when you know, when you know this guy, he might be good for now, but can I see him one or two, three years down the line? For Jacksonville's case, can I see him since the next season? You didn't even get this guy 16 games of a new contract before you benched him. Yeah, the, the Jacks, they had a chance to go get Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor. They had a chance to draft somebody, and they just didn't do it. They chose to say, you know what? After last year and how Blake played in the playoffs, we're gonna roll it. We're gonna run it back. No, you can't always run it back. Look at look, even look at the Houston Rockets. They tried to run it. They they you know they hypothetically tried to run it back and they brought back everybody. They gave Chris Paul the deal, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they let Ariza go and they let Mbamute go, but they in theory kind of did run it back. You know, by putting get those long term contracts for Chris Paul and Capella. You can't always run it back. The Jags had a chance to take advantage of their prime defense, but you got to think about it. it's a salary cap sport. At some point, you got to start paying those guys. You already mentioned health, an injury here or there, something that that can really tank your season. So you got to look at all the factors. Don't handicap yourself. Like you gave John Wall that kind of money. Now he's out and have heel surgery. Come on, man, and nobody's gonna trade for him. And then the bad thing about it for Jacksonville, for example, you sign Blake Bortles to the okay. So let's let's say you already you already handicapped yourself right there. But then you don't even go go get a, a, a decent backup quarterback. You go get Cody Kessler, who has proven in Cleveland that he can't do it. So you once again you're handicapping yourself for a backup. At least at least if Blake Borders get hurt, you know, you don't want to risk, you know, wish for injury. But you see with the Eagles, <laughs> when Carson Wentz get hurt, <laughs> these guys are <laughs> the best team in the football. So it's like if you Jacksonville, if not if Blake Borders get hurt, can I have me a, a solid quarterback behind him? Like you said, you could have still got Teddy Bridgewater for uh, I think he went. I think he signed for the Jets for like a million, two uh, two million dollars. And I just don't, I just don't understand why teams continue to put themselves in bad situations. And like you see what Pittsburgh Steelers did, they didn't do that with Le'Veon Bell. They know, they know he's on of, of age, and with those carries, that his body will eventually break down. Let's not let's not handicap ourselves when three, four years down the line, when he's thirty years old and he's falling apart every every game. You know, so I, I can see why teams don't take that risk on certain players. Yeah, you know, when it comes to running back, you kind of can't take that risk because everybody knows what the – then Bell is a dual threat pass catcher and runner. So, you know, that amount of volume and things like that, he's going to start – his body's going to keep getting beat up. So, you can't invest that kind of money into a running back. But a quarterback, we, we know it's a quarterback-driven league. So, if that guy goes down, you're in trouble. 
But Blake Bortles isn't even a top 20 quarterback. So, so 25, so why, 30, so, so why 35. Yeah, why would, why would you keep him? <laughs> and they gave him good money, too. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, now, eight teams, New Year's resolutions uh, this season is finding a head coach. Uh, Black Monday, a.k.a. NFL Doomsday, was in full effect. It's late Sunday night. You've seen the Bucks coach get fired and Todd Bowles and early Monday morning. Yeah, that's when the rest of them captain Dolphins, Broncos, Browns already, Packers already, and then the, the Cardinals. It's just a – it's what we expect every year uh, because, you know, teams – organizations are always trying to improve and try to get better, and sometimes you're not the guy. And you're going to have great teams. When you have great teams, you have bad teams. So with these these eight teams, we're going to go through each one uh, and, and share our insights on, you know, why why maybe if they was fired or, or why it had to happen. So we're going to start with uh, the team that had the number one pick in the draft, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they fired Steve Wilkes. Uh, he he came from Carolina Panthers, and he he was only there for one year. And that's the thing everybody's talking about right now, that they only gave him one year and didn't give him a shot. Way too short. Um, Way too short. <laughs> it was short, but let me let – me, I'm going to play devil's advocate because you, you, know, you know how I always say, like, wherever your, your expertise is, I, I expect that to be the side that – we're good on. And I want to see some kind of improvement. You know, whether that's, for example, I can give you some examples straight off the bat. When Mike Zimmer was hired from Minnesota, that defense was the worst defense in the league. Then the fall, and the, when he became head coach, they went to like 15. Then now the last four seasons, they've been a top 10 defense. You see the Rams, they had, there was a terrible offense. Insert Sean McVay. Now you're talking about a top five offense for the next few years to come. Same thing for Matt Nagy this year. The offense was, was down, now, now they're up. So, I, and I feel like when you hire a coach, there is no head coach that's in the middle where he's offense and defense. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen one yet. No, uh, <laughs> you're right I haven't seen. I haven't seen one yet. So if if you're an offensive minded coach, I'm not saying you need to walk in and have the best best offense in the league because that's not that's not feasible. But what you need to do is if I, let's say for example you're the 29th ranked offense, you you just got hired and you're offensive minded. Can I can I see a 22nd in the NFL? Can I see a 18 somewhere around there? You know what I'm saying like the to kind of, as an owner, you know, from me looking down, okay, I see the team improving. Yeah, we're still sorry. Yeah, we're still losing games. But I can see, you know, that we're making strides. And for Arizona, now, do I think do I think it was is unfair? Of course. I, do I think, Steve, I don't think he was the right guy for the job in the first place. And that alludes more to the general manager, hire him in the first place. Because I hear reports about he's over his head and stuff like that, which doesn't make any sense. Why would you well, – how how you figure that out now – and not in the interview when you're supposed to ask all these questions anyway and understand. And Steve, you know, the defense, Arizona, they was pretty solid. And their problem was when Bruce Arians was gone, the offense took a plummet. And you go sign Sam Bradford for $20 million, and you go cut Honey Badger. So, and then you go draft, trade up draft pick, draft capital to go get a starting quarterback in Josh Rosen. And that's really, it's really, I, I really think the general manager should be out as well. I think it should have been a clean house if, if, for, for that standpoint, because you wasted money signing Sam Bradford, who's no longer on the team. Two, you chose Sam Bradford over a guy like Honey Badger, who's already been in that system, that or been in the, on that team for so long, and now you're going to get rid of him because of money when you go spend $20 million on a quarterback. And then, just a, a month later, you trade all, a lot of picks to go get a quarterback. And I, I don't know if you know the stat, but I think the only one, I think besides um, EJ Manuel, every first-round uh, quarterback, in the last seven to eight years, has started in the game. He, he, I know Matt, Pat Mahomes kind of got lucky because of the 
Chiefs had already had the you know the a bye or wild card whatever wrapped up last year, but the rest of them has always played if you've drafted in the first round always. So you knew that Josh Rose was going to win the job. Like you, you know, what I'm saying eventually he's going to get in. So, Sam Bradford when he's going to get hurt or something, and Rose is going to play. So and Steve Wilkes, you know, this season we had, I didn't really see no improvement. I didn't see Arizona do anything, especially when Steve Wilkes hired Mike McCoy as office coordinator. Once they fired him, the offense was a little tiny bit better, but it wasn't nothing special to me. And and that's that's my whole issue with the Steve Wilkes thing about um you know him having that one year, which is like it's like I said, it's totally unfair. But I don't think he was the right person for the job in the first place, which, like I said, I think is the more the general manager's fault than he, uh, than Steve Wilkes's. But and that's how the, that's just how the cookie crumbles uh, for him. Yeah, we can't forget they were almost about to trade Pat Pete too, you know, because he wanted yeah. out. So, right. but for us, like Wilkes, one year is never enough. And then considering what he had to work with, which is well, like, like you just mentioned, not his fault. This is all on the GM. So considering what he had to work with, there's definitely no way you can say one year was enough. Rookie quarterback, David Johnson back off of the injury. Hall of Fame bound, but old, Larry Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk had, I mean, of course he came came up big in some games for him, but Christian Kirk was a unknown, had not emerged yet. Um, offensive line is iffy. Uh, tight end. <laughs> I try to be nice about it. <laughs> uh, tight end Ricky C. Trash. Jones. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We, we know. We, we know. We know about him just from a fantasy standpoint. We know about Ricky C. Jones, and the defense was solid. But at the same time, if you're always on the field because the offense isn't moving the ball, that makes the defense get worn out and makes the defense look bad. Like I said, it's, it's really not his fault. He he does get part of the part of the uh, the blame pile, but. Is it's not is he's he's nowhere near the the guy to blame for this um for this um this this terrible team that we saw. But rumor has it that Cliff Kingsbury from Texas Tech, who's now the office coordinator of USC, who got fired from Texas Tech, he's rumored for the Cardinals job. Adam Gase, um, I heard I heard uh Kansas City Chiefs office coordinator uh Benemy, and um office coordinator for the Titans Matt Lafleur. Oh, have you ever heard any other names uh, rumored for the job? Yeah, those were the same ones I heard. And, you know, uh, I think uh, – what's the guy's name? From the, the uh, Saints, the Titans coach? I think Dan, oh, yeah. I, I Dan think Campbell. Dan, Dan yeah. Campbell, yeah. Dan Campbell. So, we're talking about five guys who are offensive, which should have been the, the higher in the first place as a GM that he really should be on the hot seat. And and this is the side he should have been in the first place because – the defense they they had they hadn't had a defensive guy in a long time. And you brought in Steve Wilkes. I don't know why why would you even do that when once Bruce Arians left, you you lost some of his staff. So it's not like you had the same offense. So out of these out of these guys, I mean, all, I think all really interesting. I think the one that makes the most sense uh, would be Adam Gase, and that's just because he's worked with quarterbacks who are not mobile. Uh, with Josh Rosen, not really a mobile quarterback, and I feel like you know he worked with Peyton Manning in uh, Denver Broncos, so. Maybe Adam Gase might be the best job guy for the job because one Kingsbury can't even get successful in Texas Tech, and you want to hit him in the NFL. Um, and I haven't seen you know the other guys aren't really big named yet, so maybe they could be. But if I had to choose one, it'd be Adam Gase. I mean, if I have to choose somebody, Adam Gase as well. But if I'm any of these guys, I'm not choosing this job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I understand that. I mean, completely. okay, division wise. Rams, young talent, Sean McVay. That the Rams, even even with the salary cap the way it is, the Rams are not going away. Seattle, 
Pete Carroll, he's not going anywhere. Russell Wilson, he's not going anywhere. Seattle will be around for at least another decade long. They have Russ. And whoever, who knows how long Carroll's going to stick around. When they get healthy, the 49ers are going to and be they have they have so much money they can turn up really really fast in once in one offseason just like just like what the Bears and the Rams did the Fortnite can do it next year like <laughs> like I don't know if people really watch football how you watch it but we watched some 49ers games this year Nick Mullins was looking good with Shanahan calling those plays and I know you went to the the game the Vikings played the 49ers so man they was killing us bro it was, it, it was the same play action rollout all day long and teams can't stop it. And now you see why this, you know, they had Matt Breida, they had guys like Jeff Wilson Jr. This is one of the best rushing teams in the nation, uh, in the NFL. So, hey, that NFC West is dangerous, and anybody getting the Cardinals' job is going is going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, a healthy Jimmy G. People have forgotten about. You get a healthy Jared McKinnon. They have cap space, and they could easily go get a disgruntled Antonio Brown or a disgruntled Odell Beckham, or they could draft. Whatever, just to keep you know, just to keep improving the team, the 49ers are gonna emerge. Will they emerge right. how the Bears did this year? Who knows? The Cardinals probably have the least desirable job right now because the division is too tough. And we talked about before when you choose a job, the opportunity to win that's important. That's how you keep a job winning. You go to Arizona, you're not winning. That's just point blank. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably it's probably you already automatically getting. At least four L's, and that's just that's just maybe you splitting with San Francisco and and maybe catching Seattle off guard real quick. You know what I'm saying? Just maybe, and that and, and that's and that's the iffy. Yeah, so it's gonna be difficult for Arizona. And like I say, it wasn't really fair for Steve Wilkes, but I think he will bounce back on his feet because he is a good coordinator. Uh, I think he probably will head back to Carolina um, at some point. Uh, let's move on to the next job. Uh, that's the, let's go. Let's go to the Jets, New York Football Jets. They fired Todd Bowles, who he wasn't really a He's not a bad coach. I, he's, I just he's not. Now. Yeah, he's not bad. He's not, a, he's, he's not a bad coach. He will find something quickly. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be coaching next season, whether it's a coordinator job, position coach, whatever the case may be. So he had a he finally got his quarterback, you know, for the franchise. And it's his, it was the year when he got fired. He had to play guys like Josh McCown, and I, he had guys on the on the roster like Bryce Petty and Hackenberg. And I cannot remember who the Jets quarterback was before Josh McCown. Uh, it wasn't Mark Sanchez after him, so I, I can't really recall who it was. But what's that? Was that? Uh, was that Geno? Geno, yeah, that's what it was. Geno Smith was there. Geno Smith was there. I, I think when he first got the job, he never really had no quarterback. Um, he really don't. He really didn't have running backs. He had Matt Forte, old Matt Forte. He had you know he didn't really have no no stagnant star piece on his team. Uh, he, they when he got there. When he got there. He got rid of two defensive. Players that we thought I thought are are really really good, and that's Shutter Richardson and um, Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, but he drafted Jamal Adams, and now Jamal Adams is an All Pro safety. Probably uh, he got good pieces at linebacker. Todd Bowles made that defense, and that, that's what I talked about earlier about Steve Wilkes. Todd Bowles had the Jets defense solid. Like they like yes, they wasn't a lockdown defense, but he didn't have a lockdown talent either that he that he had in Arizona when he was there. But he's a defensive minded coach, so he I think he could bounce back on his feet. Um, and the Jets, I mean, it's a very, very desirable job for, for, for whoever the next coach is. Rumored there right now, Adam Gates, of course, Kingsbury again, uh, Mike McCarthy, Benemy for the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt LaFleur for the Titans, and Chris Richards, a guy I like come up and coming here in Dallas Cowboys. So those guys, uh, if we say Gates might take the Cardinals job, and we, let's say we just take Gates out of the Jets, who, who, who do we see? I know, I know, I think we're both thinking the same thing, and that's, 
and this Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I would like McCarthy to get this one because he'll be in a position to probably win for a decade. Once you know, everybody thought Darnold was the best prospect coming out of the draft, so um, I think his talent is there. Uh, he got to get the interceptions down, but you know that's that's a rookie. You know you're gonna throw 15 to 18 interceptions as a rookie. Um, but I think McCarthy, he he saw what he did with Green Bay, Favre, Rogers, and I think he can do some of those similar things with Darnold. It won't be a headache how it was with Rogers because Darnold is a young guy. He'll be willing to listen and learn all that kind of stuff. So I think uh, McCarthy should take this job, but I prefer him in another job. We'll talk about coming up later too. All right. Um, if I, I mean. I think they're all really good options outside of Kingsbury to me. Sleep, sleepers, um, Jim Caldwell's. He's a sleeper, Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like that. Um, I mean, like I said, same thing with Rosen. You need an offensive guy on his side to to help help him, just like Sean McVay helped Jared Goff. You got uh, you got uh, Kyle Shanahan helping Jimmy G. You need you need to pair that together. Nagy helping Trubisky. Need to pair that together. And that's the only thing the Jets have to worry about is getting the offense right. I think they, they had the cap space, and it's a very desirable job. And like you said, in, they, they can rule that division very, very soon because um, the, Bills, the Bills are there, the Dolphins are there, and New England, I mean, how long can Tom Brady actually be a starting quarterback in the NFL? It's at some point, he has to retire. And when that happens, who knows? Yeah, division the division is wide the door, open. Wide open. I think this is the perfect time. For somebody to strike, and when I, we just how we said we talk about um, guys like Frank Wright, of uh, head coaching uh, of, of the year, and guys like Matt Nagy, I think this job can very well be a head coaching of the year candidate right here. Yeah, Ma- uh, McCarthy or Bienemy, those would be like a splash for the Jets. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the, I'm pretty sure that they would bring in, they, they would bring a culture change and bring people in immediately and start winning. Let's move to another interesting job, I think, and that's uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, in the AFC South, you know, we have – I mean, NFC South, when you have um, Panthers, Drew Brees, and the Saints, and you had the Falcons, which is – it really is a, not that bad of a, win, a division. Like, it's not like Drew Brees is going to be there four years after this. Um, and, you know, Panthers and Falcons are both up and down teams. So, it's not like – like it's not like Arizona where you can't win uh, for years to come. But if I had Derek Cutter, Derek Cutter, and um, my thing is the Bucks tried. They tried to do the formula, which is the NFL taking now, which is get that defensive-minded coach, get your defense good. Offense, you know, is not good enough. So you fire the defense, defensive guy, bring in the offensive guru, and boom, you're a Super Bowl contender. You know, that worked That worked in That worked in uh, L.A. Rams. That worked with the um, worked with the, char- uh, the Bears right now. It's, and it's actually not a bad tactic um, as, a, as, as it seemed to, seemed to kind of work. But the Bucs, the, the defense could never get right. And the, and Derek Cutter, he is a really good coach, at least coordinator on one side of the ball. And Bucks, this this job, this job is very interesting. I think, I think they have some good pieces on defense. Like it's not like you're walking into a bombshell of a defense, and you probably have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. You have you have a, a okay line. It's not terrible. They they get they give the quarterback time this year, and the, the running game actually took a step up. So it's not like this job is that crazy. You just they had to learn how to win games. And um rumored right now is Jim Caldwell, Benemy again. I heard Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. And of course, uh Bruce Arians. And I tell you right now, if they get Bruce Arians, you're talking about a division that's gonna be scary because you can lose any division game at any point once Bruce Arians get his foot in that door. Yeah, that's why I hope he gets that job. I, I know he was interested in the Browns job earlier, but 
I hope Bruce Arians takes this one because he can really put a stamp on his team and the division. I think he's the kind of guy who can reign Jamie Stanton a little bit on the offensive end. And he, like you said, he has Mike Evans, and they have a decent running back core, and then you would have O.J. Howard at tight end. And you just kind of just draft defense a little bit more and just get healthy on defense. And they were a little uh, banged up on defense, too. You get a little bit healthier on defense, but still draft to kind of replace some pieces. I think Bruce Arians can, can at least get them a division crown year one or year two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would love to see Bruce Arians here, I, and I cause I'm I'm believing James Winston. I know a lot of people aren't, but I if he's not throwing the ball fifty times, he's not going to turn the ball over. And that's and that's what the that's what you can fix as a as a as a guy like Bruce Arians. You can establish that running game. You see how he had David Johnson. As long as you have a good defense, that like he had in Arizona, your quarterback, your quarterback looked good. Carson Palmer was out here, MVP candidate. Like I mean, it, Carson Palmer had a great career, but you're not looking at at Carson Palmer and say he he's one of the best quarterbacks we ever seen. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Bruce Arians had that guy, you know, had a guy who uh, played some good football. And let's say when he get hurt, that man had uh, who who was the backup? Drew Stanton coming in there looking like and, a and they still uh, won games. That's the crazy yeah, part. Yeah, Drew Stanton looking like an All Pro uh, quarterback out there, man. And so Bruce Arians can really really change that job if he gets it. I really hope he does. Let's move on to the Dolphins who. You know, I told you I was like, if, if they lose to the Buffalo Bills, they go fire Adam Gates. And Adam Gates had a lot of a lot of um, a lot of control with that roster. He traded Landry, he cut Sue, um, he did things of that nature, and he uh, didn't want to get the ball to Drake. That's probably why he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why he got fired. But yeah, uh, the Dolphins, man, I really don't know what direction they're going in. I heard reports that they're they're moving on from Tannehill, they're moving on from Devontae Parker. As a job, what did they have to offer? Because what what it's, do you it's have to Miami. start with? It's Miami. You, you, start, you, start, you start with the location. We, <laughs> that's we, a, talk, that's, we, talk, we talked about this. You start with location first. That's all so. you can sell me, man. It's like, it's like, but it's like, yeah, like you said, though, but you have to win. And, yes, this, this is a good – the only reason why this job is good besides location is because of the vision. It's in the AFC lease, and Patriots will eventually, at some point, Tom Brady retire – you are right there. If you can survive the next two years as the Dolphins coach, you are in good shape. And I don't know what direction they're going in. They don't have a quarterback. Apparently, the defense was if it was trash because my team ran the ball all day like they were some sorry scrubs. And then the D-line, O-line, all bad. The receivers, you only got like two good guys. You, you maybe got a tight end for the future. They don't give the ball to Drake enough. It, it's, just a, it's just an organization that I don't know where they're going. But I've heard they, they want to talk to both Harbaugh's. Uh, they want to try to steal John Harbaugh from the Ravens. Maybe John Harbaugh want to change. Uh, maybe. Maybe Jim may le- Jim Harbaugh may leave uh, Michigan. I've, I heard the reason why there are rumors there because you know, one of the donors of, of the um, Michigan Wolverines is also with part one of the Dolphins or something like that. So maybe he might have convinced Jim to leave Michigan. Um, of course, Ben and me down there. Vic Fangio from the Bears, defense coordinator. And uh, Brian Flores, the defense coordinator of the New England Patriots. Those, those are the names I'm hearing. I don't know if you're hearing any other names. Yeah, I heard Chris Richard, uh, Munchik, and uh, probably the worst one. Not that he's a bad guy or a bad coach, but you can't coach all the AFC least teams, Rex Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you can't do it, Rex Ryan. You can't do it. This probably is the team that has the best listed coaches, I would say. Like, as far as, like, a standpoint, you, you got a long list of guys who – 
who are actually interested. But you, you know, but like you said, they had to get a long list because who knows what direction they're going in. So they want to hear from everybody about what they'll do. So that's because they probably don't know what they want to do. You know, <laughs> so so uh, Dolphins. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk about Dolphins once they reach a decision because I don't know what they want to do, and it's kind of hard to predict, predict that. Yeah, they're gonna probably wind up interviewing six to ten guys. But I know if I'm Brian Kelly, I don't take this job. You can stay at even though Notre Dame. You know, a lot of people have criticism of them. Join the conference, don't join the conference, or all that kind of stuff. If I'm Brian Kelly. If if you're not in fear of losing your job with Notre Dame, stay there. Um, Rex Ryan, I like him better as an analyst. He he shouldn't take the job. Jim Harbaugh, even though Michigan had an up and down season, they won some. They won games they should have won, and they when they lost, they lost pretty bad. I think Harbaugh he he can't bail on them now. From an eyeball standpoint, he probably should because you're basically your basic rival. Urban Meyer is retiring. And you won't really get credit for beating Ryan Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I think he should probably uh, steer away from this job. I'd probably say somebody on the defensive side would be good for this job, like a like mm-hmm. Chris Richard or like a, uh, like a Fangio. I'd mm-hmm. probably go a defense, defensive guy versus an offensive guy because there's no point in going to offensive guy. You don't even have any offensive talent outside of King and Drake. Yeah, so, yeah, so that – and then with a, with a defensive-minded coach, guess what they like to do? Run the ball because they know – about ball control and how to keep the defense fresh, and that's exactly and that would make me draft Kenny Drake in fantasy football, and that's what I actually want to happen. <laughs> yeah, actually, they, yeah, they they yeah. they they have to they, they should go defense because look at the teams they're going to play against: Patriots, Buffalo Bills, Jets. All those all teams, put, yeah. all those teams have good quarterbacks or or potential good quarterback, and they all play outdoors. So when you go to the cold, you need to have a defense that yep. can travel. So you need somebody yep. that can stop them, and you can run the ball with Drake. So they should go a defensive guy. That's and a great I'd point. Say, I'd say Rashard or Fangio. That's a great point. Well, Chris um, Richard. <laughs> think about Jalen Rashard. Let's talk about the Broncos. Uh, Vance Joseph is fired. He had two seasons, which probably not in love time either. Um, but my point again, looking better than Steve Wilkes is, man, how are you a defensive-minded coach? And the defense of Broncos was was scary. And when you got there, they got worse. And that just that just can't happen. That just can't fly around me uh, if I'm John Elway. And I, I just I just I don't I understand the reason for being fired. But Van Joseph never had a fair shot because he didn't have a quarterback. That's never and that's that's terrible when you're a defensive minded coach uh, to try to sit to be a defensive minded coach and not have a quarterback is so dangerous because it's not like you can you, you know what I'm saying it's not like you have that expertise on that side of the ball to help people. To help guys out, and that's why that's why I I love guys like Bill Belichick, and I love you know Zimmer because they you know they're they're a uh, they're specialists you know, on one side of the ball. That's what one side of the ball, and they said they had a quarterback, and you know Tom Brady, Bill Parcells back in the day, they all can they all can survive even if they switch quarterbacks. Because um, even Bill Belichick, when he had we had to play Jimmy G, or he had a paper set. He's a good game player. He know how to you know come by the day. So and Van Joseph just wasn't it in my opinion. But Broncos, they have a lot of they have a lot to do because John Elwood cannot get quarterback situation right. He needs to go out and I don't know what he needs to do, but Case Keenum is not it. He needs to either draft one, or you know, you know, hope Tannehill's cut, hope Joe, um, uh, Flacco is cut, something because he needs something. He needs something. That's the really biggest problem is the is the quarterback situation. Guys, I've heard Chuck Pagano already had an interview. Boo. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> Adam Gase again, of course. Mike Munchak, 
uh, the Steelers' offensive line coach Flores and Vangio again. So they have, that's 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 pretty much defense, uh, offensive line coach, uh, offensive guru, and Adam Gase. Uh, so they are so right now it seems like it's more defensive uh, is what John Elway wants. But do they have? But can you do that when you? I guess we have a quarterback. They have to find that guy. John Elway must find the quarterback this year because I feel like he won't get fired because he is the Broncos. Without John Elway, they wouldn't have no Super Bowls. So I feel like he is the he is the Broncos. Um, so he might have a you know a longer leash for this job, but he because other general managers would probably be fired by now because you can't you can't find no quarterback and you keep picking on these scraps. I don't know uh, Broncos. I think the defense is probably the way to go as well on this one. Probably probably change the culture. At the same time, rebuilding and retooling, and if I was to do that, I think uh, Brian Flores is the uh, Flores is, is the good is the right choice because he's a defensive guy under Bill Belichick, and he's not like the other New Englanders that come out who has who hasn't been around Bill Belichick. This guy started from the bottom and made it to and made it to the defensive coordinator position, so I feel like he's he's more into that New England way uh, than most guys are, and I think this is probably his job. I'm just going to be honest. This is the second worst job, <laughs> right, right behind the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I, I don't know if they want to go offense or defense. Well, I'll do the same as you did. I'll start from the top. John Elway has whiffed on QB, Brock Osweiler, mm. Simeon, mm. Uh, Paxton Lynch. Mm. Right now, Case Keenum. Mm. They are That's- they are whiffing on QB bad. And you're wasting Von Miller's prime. I mean, this isn't the same. They have some people on defense that can, you know, do some things on defense. But at the same time, look at the division you're playing in. The Chiefs? The Chargers? I don't think Mahomes, the Cheetah, Kelsey, Andy Reid, they're not going anywhere. And people forget, Phillip Rivers didn't even start early his career. So he still has some, some, some years left in the tank. And Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, these guys are young. Hunter Henry's coming back. The Chargers aren't going anywhere. Neither are the Chiefs. And, and not to mention, the Raiders, I mean, John Gruden is offensive side, so he's going to get that eventually. You know what I'm saying? He's going he gonna to be there eventually. Yeah, see, the, the Broncos, they're, they're in last place really already because the Raiders, John Gruden, even though we all criticize him what he did, he, he took the approach of let's just go ahead and blow everything up year one, and we still have nine more years to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have Khalil Mack with him. The defense isn't any good. Let's trade him, get some draft picks back, and hope we hit on the draft picks. We have Amari Cooper. The offense still isn't any good. Let's trade him, get some draft picks. Let's just start all the way over. Start which over, they, yeah. Which is what they did. And I think in the long run, when they go to Vegas, it will pay off for them. So this Broncos job, I don't care if they hire offense, defense, special teams guy. I don't care if Elway comes down to coaching himself. The Broncos have the second worst job available right now, and it's—I yeah. mean—it's it, a no-win situation. But like you said, though, just the same point with the Dolphins—you have to go defense because when you're playing against Mahomes, you're playing against Rivers, and you know Charles is going to get a, a back quarterback eventually. You're playing, you're playing the Raiders, who go, who's an offensive team. You're going to need to stop them. You're going to have to rush the passer. You're going to have to do this and do that. So you have to stop them. So that's that's the Broncos. I pro- that's probably why they have they probably interviewed Pagano and why they. Looking at Vangio and Flores because they want to get that defense side of the ball corrected. Um, yeah, the only bright, the only yeah. bright spots are Von Miller and Philip Lindsay. That's all they really have. They traded Thomas, right. Sanders, Achilles. Who knows how he? Who, who knows that's, he's going to even bounce back decently? That's it. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, who who knows yeah. what they have outside of Lindsay? 
And then I want to just move on to the uh, – now, there's two more jobs, the, the Browns, the Packers, but we already talked about them before. Uh, I kind of want to just mention the Bengals. Fire him all Lewis, finally. Finally, because it, it's, been, it's been too long. And, and he, he hasn't – he got a long, long tenure. And their rumored coaches, man, they're not making no improvement. They might well have kept Marvin Lewis if that was the case. Um, that's, <laughs> and, and it's Hugh Jackson, it, Hugh Jackson, who was the Browns coach, who got three wins in three years, and then – Vance Joseph, who came in and the defense got worse under him. So I, I really don't know why these are the two rumored guys. They asked for Josh McDaniels. He turned them down, um, which is a smart thing to do, because I think this is the worst job to take out of all of them, because this is, the team is horrible. Because it's not like – and it's not like when Edger Green comes back, he's on, he's on the wrong side of 30, and Dalton hasn't made any improvements in the last three years. Um, yes, you got mixing and your old line is getting getting better. You get you find you find a, that receiver in Tyler Boyd and maybe John Ross can be healthy. But it's like that defense, you don't know what it's what it's about. I don't know the direction. Do I and like if, as a GM, do I need to cut Andy Dalton because we're not doing anything? But then again, his his contract is so great. Yeah, what's your alternative really? What's your alternative? And it's like as a GM, it's, it's so that's the hardest thing to think of. And I don't know what to do. If I'm the Bengals, and I feel like, and see, at least, at least with the with the other jobs and Broncos and Broncos, the Dolphins and and the Cardinals, at least I know what side to take because I know what I need. And, you know, but Bengals, I don't know what I need. And and Hugh Jackson and Vance Joseph, that is not what I need. I know that for a fact. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the the opposite approach. I don't think this is the worst job. Um, Andy Dalton, he's anywhere between 15 and 20 best, you know. On, on the QB ranking, I want to say use the word best, but he's in between 15 and 20 on the QB ranking scale. Uh, Joe Mixon, probably a top 10, top 12 running back. Tyler Boyd's going to emerge, and A.J. Green, he, like you said, he's about the same age as Julio Jones, but he's coming off of an injury now, and who knows how he'll respond from the injury, but I think he's still pretty, pretty elite when he's healthy. Defensive side of the ball, they are terrible. Um, which is <laughs> that was Marvin Lewis's calling card, um, and they they didn't get any better over the season. But I think their approach should be: we have decent offense. Let's just either go a defensive head coach. But I think they're going to just go ahead and promote Hugh Jackson the head coach because I think before he left and took the Browns' job, he was being groomed to be the guy once Marvin left anyway. So if Hugh gets the job. He's not a bad coach. We saw what he did with the Raiders. They started off, I think, seven well, like seven wins and like maybe one or two losses. When he was with the Raiders, they kind of bottomed out and finished eight and eight. But when he was with the Raiders, he did pretty good. Now, the Browns, they, he just took a bad job. When he first took the Browns job, they didn't have any talent there. They were right. Yeah, they were bottom of the barrel, you know, picking the first in the draft every year and everything. So he didn't have enough talent with the Browns. But at least the Bengals have something on offense for him to work with. And, and then we get to see more of him and Baker Mayfield going at it. So I think uh, he probably will get the job just because the Bengals like familiarity with guys. Everybody would argue they can do better. If Hugh does get the job, it'll be greatly criticized. Mm-hmm. I think he'll probably end up getting the job. Yeah, my thing about the Bengals is it's not that the defense – okay, yeah, the defense got worse. But it's not like they made they tried to make it better. Uh, they really – they really, I mean, they they drafted a couple of people, but they really kept the same team, and you know that's not going to survive over years. We're keeping the same team you had. Remember, Bengals defense was top notch when Mike Zimmer was there six, seven years ago. 
And how come six, seven years now they still have the same players? That's not that's not the formula for success in the NFL because you don't last too long as as a core group. Got to retool, got to regroup, got to you got to move on and 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 try to improve. And that's what Bengals didn't do, um, at least defensively. And yeah, they probably will promote Hugh Jackson. It's probably the better move uh, from a culture standpoint. But maybe that maybe they didn't need to redo the whole thing. I I don't know. Maybe they need a whole different guy in there and change the whole organization up. But I know the owner doesn't really like to do that, so that 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 does matter. Um, the, it seems like the Bengals are happy with mediocrity, and that's just how they're gonna do it. Yeah, they have that licensed hitman on defense called Vontez Burfitt. So, <laughs> I mean, that's about all they have on defense going for them. Outside of that, I can't name another guy on defense. So they're they're gonna still be last in the division because the Browns are gonna emerge. And if they get Mike McCarthy as the coach, the Browns are going to be the future. Who knows what happens with the hardball? And who even knows what happens with the Steelers now? So I think, man, if the Browns make the right hire, that division is theirs, and the Bengals will still be in last place no matter who they hire. So that's all these jobs, eight jobs, and with Packers and Packers and Browns, who we already talked about. Uh, do you have, uh, anything else we need to talk about? Oh, yeah. Uh, what do we think about Mike Mayock as the Raiders GM? I don't think anything of it because I think John Gruden's calling all the shots anyway. So he's just a a person in a position with with the title. I think John Gruden is still the the lead guy in charge on the player personnel stuff. Oh yeah, I think he is, and I think the but I think what Mike Mayock is, it's like it's like it's like when you know you can trust somebody, uh, it makes your job easier, especially in in, in a organization like this. Because John Gruden, like he knows football, and I think they that. The Raiders needed somebody else who loves football, who loves to do this stuff because Mike Mayock May- 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 is like one of the lead guys for the draft. Mike Mayock, Kyper, Todd and 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 uh, Mike Mayock. That's the top three right there. And I I think with somebody who loves watching film and and loves to do this, like when John Gruden go asks for, hey, who are the top ten, you know, defensive players I need, I, I need or blah blah blah. I think my, I think when Mike Mayock brings it to him. I don't think John Gruden is going to second guess it um, because he can trust that guy. And I think, and like I said, John Gruden still going to be in control. But it's, it's, I feel like when I have somebody who I can trust, like you're my right hand man, and I, I know that you put in your, you know, your dedication, your hard work to do it, I know I don't have to second guess your work. And I can just, oh, yeah, Nick Bosa is the best player. So let me take him. Or, yeah, I, yeah, I need to sign um, this receiver instead of this receiver. And I think that's very important for the Raiders. And I think. Mike Mayock is going to do a great job. Yes, he's the GM, and, and yes, John Gruden has the control. But yeah, I, I just I just think that's from that from that side, from like perspective, that that Mike Mayock is going to know everything because he got he got the scouts. He, he knows scouts. He know football coaches because he always talks to them. I feel like he's going to have the upper hand. It's because kind of what I'm kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, this is kind of just ensuring that the draft picks they have they hit on pretty much. Yeah. All right, that's it for preach, Kev, preach. I'm not going to hold y'all up. I know this has been a long podcast. Um, So we'll see you then.